Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm so excited to get started. But before we do, I want to make sure you know about something incredible about to happen, which is Sales Girl Summit. This is our very first conference. It's happening on June 12th through the 14th. Now, we've done plenty of in-person like trainings and workshops and kind of larger scale events, but this right here, my loves, this is our conference. And I'm so excited to announce some next level speakers. We're going to announce that in just a couple of weeks. But you know, being a sales girl, it has nothing to do with the item that you sell, the service that you sell, the product that you sell, the off it has nothing to do with that. It has everything to do with being the girl that people want to buy from, that people want to say yes to before they even know the offer. It's about being the girl that is completely like world-class and has complete ownership over her industry because of how much command she has over her message. I'll tell you what, I'm starting to believe it's not even the person who is really the best at what they do, but it's the person that's best at communicating at what they do, who ends up winning and who ends up being known as the girl to go to for blank, fill in the blank for whatever you do. And, you know, our mission is to really create world-class sales girls that can walk into a room and have in, insane command over their message, over their beliefs, and just be so irresistibly charismatic that people um, are just so drawn to them. And if that sounds like something you desire to become, the Sales Girl Summit is for you. So June 12th through the 14th at the Face Center, I've got a sneaky little hunch that once we announce our speakers, the event is going to sell much quicker um, than what most people are probably anticipating. So um, I cannot recommend enough for you to grab your tickets. I've, I've heard a few people saying that they're going to get their Airbnbs with all their sales girlfriends. And I think that is so incredibly fun, um, but they don't have their tickets yet. So I cannot recommend, like I said, enough to grab your seat. Um, hopefully there's some platinum seats left. There will probably be some VIP and then definitely, definitely general admission. Uh, so we'll link it all in the show notes below. And I cannot wait to see you there. We're going to have so much fun and do our sales girl thing. We have so many surprises for you. Ah! All right, let's go. I'll see you there in June. Enjoy the show. I watched the Heisman Trophy Award ceremony this past week. This is the 2022 Heisman ceremony. Now, the way the Heisman is picked is they have 1,000 votes between all these sports writers, basically, throughout the country, spread into six divisions throughout the country. And these writers pick three names, one, two, and three. If you get first place, you get three points, second, two points, and third, one point. Then they add up all the points and determine the winners. Then the top four candidates come to, uh, in this case, it was New York, for the ceremony. Now, the televised part of the ceremony was for one hour on Saturday night, and it was quite enjoyable. There were some observations I picked up from that, and one is everyone who spoke, which included the parents, the head coaches, the players, some of the former Heisman Trophy winners, of course, the, the MCs, the, the broadcasters, they all spoke well and did a great job which proves in the case of the parent or the players or the head coaches, you have to always be prepared 
for your moment. That's why it's important to be involved in things that help you work on your speaking skills and your thought skills and things like that. Another thing I really noticed was how these four players had such a great support system. Of course, when you get to the top four candidates of the Heisman, you probably do have the support system. And each one of these four young men had great pass, great numbers, uh, impressive results, all those things to get to that point. The one who won this thing won, however, overwhelmingly. He was easily the winner. So why is that? This guy named Caleb Williams, who is a sophomore at USC, he was a freshman at Oklahoma, then moved to USC last year, and overwhelmingly won the Heisman. And USC did not even get to the playoffs. The other three quarterbacks, who they were all quarterbacks in the top four, they're all in the playoffs. So what happened here? Why is this? And here's what caught my attention with his story. He said, and his father said, that at age 10, Caleb was taking his pads, his football uniform, back to the youth league where it belongs. He had finished the season. They had turned the uniform back in. And as Caleb told his dad, said, I love this. I want to play football. I love the way the equipment smells. I love the way it feels on me. I just love this. And so at age 10, his dad said, okay, let's create a plan. And in this plan, they hired nutrition strength coach, a skills coach, and they hired a sports psychology person. That's at age 10. So at age maybe 19 or 20, he wins the Heisman. And the thing that really caught my attention, because all four of these players spoke well, all their parents, all their records were impressive, their story to get there, their was so impressive, and so was Caleb. But the one thing that really caught my attention was when they talked about all the milestones that he had set for himself, these benchmarks, and he was hitting so many of them. He was hitting these things. And now this was before the Heisman was awarded. Nobody knew who was going to win. They knew that he was in the top four because he was there. And one of the questions that the interviewer asked him was, is winning the Heisman one of your benchmarks? And they look on Caleb's face, the look of assurance and determination and belief was undeniable. And he said, yes, it is. With a look that is undeniable. Almost like when we talk about the clothes, that look you have in your eyes when you're closing, <laughs> the belief is undeniable. And so I just had to break this down. I said, so what happened here? First thing is, I'm going to say that he did have outside help. They created a strategy, a plan, and they had a lot of supportive people around him. And they went out and found some help on skills because skills can be learned. Skills can be developed. Skills can be improved. That's one of the things we're proud of in, in Guided Culture School of Sales. We work on these skills I feel like we're a little bit of the Nick Bolletari of skills. Nick Bolletari was a great tennis coach that recently passed away that had a tennis program, taught people like Andre Agassi for years in Florida. Just a well-known tennis program that developed these great players. 
So they had the strategy, the skills, and they had the nutrition and the workout. Caleb said he had a breakfast club. We're talking about a 10-year-old boy all the way through adolescence and high school. He had a breakfast club. And the breakfast club was a 5.30 a.m. workout. So he was focused, completely focused on what he was doing for a few years. Now, the second thing he had was buy-in. You know, I love the word buy-in, B-U-I-I-N, buy-in. Believe just all into what you're doing. And that ties in with enthusiasm, with passion, with focus, with intensity, like really buying into loving where you are and what you're doing. He had that. He decided that he loved the way his equipment smelled. He loved the way it felt on him. He was focused on doing this and he stuck with the program. I was meeting with my workout partner today, actually. He went to a Christmas party the night before last night. And he's talking about how he was a little dull, didn't really want to go to the party. It was on a Tuesday night. And he said when he got there, he was completely uplifted. It was the directors and officers of this particular nonprofit is where he was. And he said the enthusiasm was undeniable. He said, you know, you can't hide that stuff. He said these people were so bought into the mission so fired up and excited about their contribution to their little part of the world. He said, they're getting so much out of this because of their contribution. He said, the enthusiasm was undeniable. You cannot fake that. And this is what Caleb had. He had buy-in. He had enthusiasm, love for what he was doing. And of course, what it really does is more for you than it does anyone else when you get into that enthusiastic state of mind. But Caleb had the buy-in, the enthusiasm, the passion, and the focus towards what he wanted, what he loved. And the third thing I noticed here was the psychology. He hired a sports psychologist. And this psychology really is probably the difference. I'm just reading in the psychology of women right now. I like to read, reread that and re-listen to that every so often. And one of the stories he, he told him there was the Jack Nicholas story. He talked about how Jack Nicholas always saw the positive result, always saw the positive result of what he wanted. He would shape the shot in his mind. He would see the shot and he would not even think about the negative parts, always the positive result, the psychology. That is sports psychology. There's another story in there about a baseball uh, playoff game where the coach went out to the mound and told the pitcher, Whatever you do, don't throw it high and outside. Do not throw it high and outside. He can hit that ball. And the pitcher tried his hardest to get that out of his mind and tried to throw it low and inside, but he could not get it out of his mind. And he threw it high and outside, and the, the batter hit a home run. The sports psychology of what we think, what we believe, the way we approach things is critical. Because Dennis Whaley says in his book that we move toward our thoughts. So controlling our thoughts and getting our thoughts in the direction they need to be, that is psychology. And I've been reading, I have read, and I've got notes on the book, The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. I'm going to give you some points in there that I pick up on that. One is your habitual thinking and imagery fashion and create your destiny. The answer to who you are is found in the conscious and unconscious. So what we think about and what we see, what we visualize, our images, our imagination, 
create and fashion our destiny. This is psychology. What do we think about? What do we get in our mind? What do we focus on? Another statement it has in there is, so thoughts of peace, happiness, right action, goodwill, prosperity. Every thought is a cause and every condition is an effect. They say that the way you think creates the condition that you live in. They say that we cannot really tell the difference between a, a real and imaginary experience when we're thinking it. So the way we think, the images that we put in our mind, the way we keep our mind focused on certain things and the positive result, that's psychology. That is sports psychology. That is sales psychology. That is life psychology. Another statement he has is, say to your irrational mind to be quiet and obey me. You are subject to my command. This is your subconscious talking. Say to your irrational mind to be quiet and obey me. You are subject to my command. You cannot intrude where you do not belong. The subconscious is subject to the conscious. And that is why it's called sub subjective. The point is that you can tell yourself what to tell your subconscious, your irrational mind. Your subconscious or irrational mind only takes orders. It takes directions. And then once it gets programmed in there, our bodies just go to work and do these things. So it's up to us to consciously tell ourselves who we are and what we are, what we believe and what we're doing, and let the subconscious go to work based on the belief, based on the identity of who we are. So it's not like I'm going to be this. No, this is who I am. This is my identity. Now follow my command. It's what you're telling your irrational or your subconscious. And another one is as soon as your subconscious mind accepts an idea, it proceeds. It works by association of ideas and uses every bit of knowledge that you have gathered in your lifetime to bring about its purpose, which is basically saying the subconscious mind will go to work and do it. They say 90% of what we do is subconscious and 10% conscious. So this is psychology, sports psychology, sales psychology, life psychology is to control our subconscious mind the best we can and to move ourselves in a positive, affirmative direction and put the images and thoughts in our mind that are the right ones to move towards what we want in life. Caleb's story and him starting at age 10 with the buy-in, the love of what he wanted to do. He got some outside help to go in there and create and create this program and work it. And then he got the psychology as part of the outside help. That's why I think when he looked up and they said, was the Heisman part of your plan? That's when he looked up with pure belief in his eyes. Without hesitation, he said, yes, it was. So enjoy this and work on not only your skills based on your enthusiasm, your buy-in, but the psychology part of it is important as well. And that's why we pride ourselves as being the Nick Voluntary of sales skills because Nick Voluntary and the Tennis Academy not only worked on the skills, but he also worked on the psychology of these players. So you guys have a great day.